Section 3 of the Heidelberg Catechism. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Heidelberg Catechism by Zacharias Ursinus and Caspar Olivianus. Section 3. The Third Part of Thankfulness. 32 Lord's Day. Question 86. Since then we are delivered from our misery, merely of grace, through Christ, without any merit of ours, why must we still do good works? Answer. Because Christ, having redeemed and delivered us by his blood, also renews us by his Holy Spirit, after his own image, that so we may testify, by the whole of our conduct, our gratitude to God for his blessings, a, and that he may be praised by us, b, also that every one may be assured in himself of his faith, c, by the fruits thereof, and that, by our godly conversation, others may be gained to Christ, d. a. Romans 6.13, Romans 12.1 and 2, 1 Peter 2, verses 5, 9 and 10, 1 Corinthians 6.20. b. Matthew 5.16, 1 Peter 2.12, 1 Peter 1, 6 and 7. C. 2 Peter 1, 10, Matthew 7, 17, Galatians 5, verses 6, 22 and 23. D. 1 Peter 3, 1 and 2, Romans 14, 19. Question 87. Cannot they then be saved who, continuing in their wicked and ungrateful lives, are not converted to God? Answer. By no means, for the Holy Scripture declares that no unchaste person, idolater, adulterer, thief, covetous man, drunkard, slanderer, robber, or any such like, shall inherit the kingdom of God. A. A. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 and 10, Ephesians 5, 5 and 6, 1 John 3, 14. 33 Lord's Day Question 88 of how many parts does the true conversion of man consist? Answer. Of two parts, of the mortification of the old and the quickening of the new man. A. A. Romans 6, 1 and 4 through 6. Ephesians 4, 22 to 24. Colossians 3, 5 through 10. 1 Corinthians 5, 7. 2 Corinthians 7, 10. Question 89. What is the mortification of the old man? Answer. It is a sincere sorrow of heart that we have provoked God by our sins, and more and more to hate and flee from them. A. A. Romans 8.13, Joel 2.13, Hosea 6.1. Question 90. What is the quickening of the new man? Answer. It is a sincere joy of heart in God through Christ, a, and with love and delight to live according to the will of God in all good works, b, a, Romans 5.1, Romans 14.17, Isaiah 57.15, b, Romans 6, verses 10 and 11, Galatians 2.20. Question 91. But what are good works? Answer. Only those which proceed from a true faith, a, are performed according to the law of God, b, 
and to his glory, c. And not such as are founded on our imaginations or the institutions of men, d. a. Romans 14.23 b. Leviticus 18.4 1 Samuel 15.22 Ephesians 2.10 c. 1 Corinthians 10.31 d. Deuteronomy 12.32, Ezekiel 20, 18 and 19, Isaiah 29.13, Matthew 15, 7-9. 34 Lord's Day Question 92. What is the law of God? Answer. God spake all these words, Exodus 20, 1-17, and Deuteronomy 5, 6-21, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. First commandment, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Second commandment, Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image, nor any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I the Lord thy God am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Third commandment, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Fourth commandment, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, and hallowed it. Fifth Commandment Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Sixth Commandment, Thou shalt not kill. Seventh Commandment, Thou shalt not commit adultery. Eighth Commandment, Thou shalt not steal. Ninth Commandment, Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Tenth Commandment, Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his ass, nor anything that is thy neighbor's. Question 93. How are these commandments divided? Answer. Into two tables. A. The first of which teaches us how we must behave towards God. The second, what duties we owe to our neighbor. B. A. Exodus 34.28, Deuteronomy 4.13, Deuteronomy 10, 3 and 4. B. Matthew 22, 37 to 40. Question 94. What does God enjoin in the first commandment? Answer. That I, as sincerely as I desire the salvation of my own soul, avoid and flee from all idolatry, a. Sorcery, soothsaying, superstition, b. Invocation of saints or any other creatures, c. And learn rightly to know the only true God, d. Trust in him alone, e. With humility, f. And patience submit to him, g. Expect all good things from him only, h. 
love, I, fear, J, and glorify him with my whole heart, K, so that I renounce and forsake all creatures, rather than commit even the least thing contrary to his will, L. A. 1 John 5.21, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 and 10, 1 Corinthians 10, 7 and 14. B. Leviticus 19.31, Deuteronomy 18.9-12. C. Matthew 4.10, Revelation 19.10, Revelation 22.8 and 9. D. John 17.3. E. Jeremiah 17.5 and 7. F. 1 Peter 5, 5 and 6. G. Hebrews 10.36, Colossians 1.11, Romans 5, 3 and 4, 1 Corinthians 10.10, 10, Philippians 2.14. H. Psalm 104, 27-30, Isaiah 45.7, James 1.17. I. Deuteronomy 6.5, Matthew 22.37. J. Deuteronomy 6.2, Psalm 111.10, Proverbs 1.7, Proverbs 9.10, Matthew 10.28. K. Matthew 4.10, Deuteronomy 10.20 and 21. L. Matthew 5.29 and 30, Matthew 10.37, Acts 5.29. Question 95. What is idolatry? Answer. Idolatry is, instead of, or besides that one true God, who has manifested himself in his word, to contrive or have any other object in which men place their trust. A. A. Ephesians 5.5, 5, 1 Chronicles 16.26, Philippians 3.19, Galatians 4.8, Ephesians 2.12, 1 John 2.23, 2 John 1.9, John 5.23. 35 Lord's Day Question 96. What does God require in the second commandment? Answer. That we in no wise represent God by images, A, nor worship him in any other way than he has commanded in his word, B. A. Deuteronomy 4, 15 through 19, Isaiah 40, 18 through 25, Romans 1, 23 and 24, Acts 17, 29. B. 1 Samuel 15.23, Deuteronomy 12.30-32, Matthew 15.9. Question 97. Are images then not at all to be made? Answer. God neither can nor may be represented by any means. A. But as to creatures, though they may be represented, yet God forbids to make or have any resemblance of them, either in order to worship them or to serve God by them. B. A. Isaiah 40, 25. B. Exodus 23, 24 and 25. Exodus 34, 13, 14 and 17. Numbers 33, 52. Deuteronomy 7, 5. Deuteronomy 12, 3. Deuteronomy 16, 21. 2 Kings 18, 3 and 4. Question 98. But may not images be tolerated in the churches as books to the laity? Answer. No, for we must not pretend to be wiser than God, who will have his people taught, not by dumb images, A, but by the lively preaching of his word, B. 
A. Jeremiah 10.8, Habakkuk 2.18-19. B. Romans 10.14-15-17, 2 Peter 1.19, 2 Timothy 3.16-17. 36 Lord's Day. Question 99. What is required in the third commandment? Answer. That we, not only by cursing, A, or perjury, B, but also by rash swearing, C, must not profane or abuse the name of God, nor by silence or connivance be partakers of these horrible sins in others, D. And briefly, that we use the holy name of God no otherwise than with fear and reverence, E, so that he may be rightly confessed, F, and worshipped by us, G, and be glorified in all our words and works, H. A. Leviticus 24.11-16 B. Leviticus 19.12 C. Matthew 5.37 James 5.12 D. Leviticus 5.1, Proverbs 29.24 E. Jeremiah 4.2, Isaiah 45.23 F. Romans 10.9-10, Matthew 10.32 G. Psalm 50.15, 1 Timothy 2.8 H. Romans 2.24, 1 Timothy 6.1, Colossians 3.16-17 Question 100 is then the profaning of God's name by swearing and cursing so heinous a sin that his wrath is kindled against those who do not endeavor as much as in them lies to prevent and forbid such cursing and swearing? Answer. It undoubtedly is, A, eh? for there is no sin greater or more provoking to God than the profaning of his name, and therefore he has commanded this sin to be punished with death. B. A. Proverbs 29.24, Leviticus 5.1. B. Leviticus 24.15 and 16. 37 Lord's Day. Question 101. May we then swear religiously by the name of God? Answer. Yes, either when the magistrates demanded of the subjects, or when necessity requires us thereby to confirm a fidelity and truth to the glory of God, and for the safety of our neighbor, for such an oath is founded on God's word, a, eh? and therefore was justly used by the saints, both in the Old and New Testament, b. a. Deuteronomy 6.13, Deuteronomy 10.20, Isaiah 48 verse 1, Hebrews 6.16. b. Genesis 21.24, Genesis 31.53 and 54, Joshua 9.15 and 19, 1 Samuel 24.22, 2 Samuel 3.35, 1 Kings 1.28-30, Romans 1.9, 2 Corinthians 1.23. Question 102. May we also swear by saints or any other creatures? Answer. No, for a lawful oath is calling upon God as the only one who knows the heart, that he will bear witness to the truth, and punish me if I swear falsely, a, which honor is due to no creature, b, a, 2 Corinthians 1.23, Romans 9.1, b, Matthew 5.34-36, James 5.12. 38 Lord's Day. 
Question 103. What does God require in the fourth commandment? Answer. First, that the ministry of the gospel and the schools be maintained, a, eh? and that I, especially on the Sabbath, that is, on the day of rest, diligently frequent the church of God, b, to hear his word, c, to use the sacraments, d, publicly to call upon the Lord, e, and contribute to the relief of the poor, f. Secondly, that all the days of my life I cease from my evil works, and yield myself to the Lord to work by his Holy Spirit in me, and thus begin in this life the eternal Sabbath, g. a. Titus 1, 5, 2 Timothy 3, 14 and 15, 1 Timothy 5, 17, 1 Corinthians 9, 11, 13 and 14, 2 Timothy 2, 2. b. Psalm 40, 10 and 11, Psalm 68, 27, Acts 2, 42 and 46. C. 1 Timothy 4, 13 and 19, 1 Corinthians 14, 29 and 31. D. 1 Corinthians 11, 33. E. 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 3 and 8 through 11, 1 Corinthians 14, 16. F. 1 Corinthians 16, 2. G. Isaiah 66, 23. 39 Lord's Day. Question 104. What does God require in the fifth commandment? Answer. That I show all honor, love, and fidelity to my father and mother, and all in authority over me, and submit myself to their good instruction and correction with due obedience, a, and also patiently bear with their weaknesses and infirmities, b, since it pleases God to govern us by their hand, c. a. Ephesians 5.22, Ephesians 6, 1 through 5 Colossians 3.18 and 20-24, through 24, Proverbs 1.8, Proverbs 4.1, Proverbs 15.20, Proverbs 20.20, 20, Exodus 21.17, Romans 13.1-7. b. Proverbs 23.22, Genesis 9.24 and 25, 1 Peter 2.18. c. Ephesians 6, 4 and 9, Colossians 3, 19 to 21, Romans 13, 2 and 3, Matthew 22, 21. 40 Lord's Day Question 105. What does God require in the Sixth Commandment? Answer. That neither in thoughts, nor words, nor gestures, much less in deeds, I dishonor, hate, wound, or kill my neighbor, by myself or by another, a. But that I lay aside all desire of revenge, b. Also that I hurt not myself, nor willfully expose myself to any danger, c. Wherefore also the magistrate is armed with the sword, to prevent murder, d. a. Matthew 5, 21 and 22, Matthew 26, 52, Genesis 9, 6. B. Ephesians 4.26, Romans 12.19, Matthew 5.25, Matthew 18.35. C. Romans 13.14, Colossians 2.23, Matthew 4.7. D. Genesis 9.6, Exodus 21.14, Matthew 26.52, Romans 13.4. Question 106. But this commandment seems only to speak of murder. 
Answer. In forbidding murder, God teaches us that he abhors the causes thereof, such as envy, A, hatred, B, anger, C, and desire of revenge, and that he accounts all these as murder, D. A. Proverbs 14.30, Romans 1.29. B. 1 John 2, 9 and 11. C. James 1.20, Galatians 5.19 and 21. D. 1 John 3.15. Question 107. But is it enough that we do not kill any man in the manner mentioned above? Answer. No, for when God forbids envy, hatred, and anger, he commands us to love our neighbor as ourselves, a, to show patience, peace, meekness, mercy, and all kindness towards him, b, and prevent his hurt as much as in us lies, c, and that we do good even to our enemies, d, a, Matthew 7.12, Matthew 22.39, Romans 12.10, b, Ephesians 4, 2, Galatians 6, 1 and 2, Matthew 5, 5, 7 and 9, Romans 12, 18, Luke 6, 36, 1 Peter 3, 8, Colossians 3, 12, Romans 12, 10 and 15. C. Exodus 23, 5. D. Matthew 5, 44 and 45. Romans 12, 20 and 21. 41 Lord's Day. Question 108. What does the seventh commandment teach us? Answer. That all uncleanness is accursed of God, A. And that therefore we must with all our hearts detest the same, B. And live chastely and temperately, C. Whether in holy wedlock or in single life, D. A. Leviticus 18, 27 and 28. B. Jude 1, 23. C. 1 Thessalonians 4, 3-5 D. Hebrews 13, 4 1 Corinthians 7, 7-9 and 27 Question 109 Does God forbid in this commandment only adultery and such like gross sins? Answer. Since both our body and soul are temples of the Holy Ghost, He commands us to preserve them pure and holy. Therefore he forbids all unchaste actions, gestures, words, a, thoughts, desires, b, and whatever can entice men thereto, c, a, Ephesians 5, 3 and 4, 1 Corinthians 6, 18 to 20, b, Matthew 5, 27 and 28, c, Ephesians 5, 18, 1 Corinthians 15, 33. 42 Lord's Day Question 110. What does God forbid in the Eighth Commandment? Answer. God forbids not only those thefts, A, and robberies, B, which are punishable by the magistrate, but he comprehends under the name of theft all wicked tricks and devices, whereby we design to appropriate to ourselves the goods which belong to our neighbor, C, whether it be by force or under the appearance of right, as by unjust weights, L's, measures, fraudulent merchandise, D, false coins, usury, E, or by any other way forbidden by God, as also all covetousness, F, all abuse and waste of his gifts, G. A, 1 Corinthians 6, 10, B, 
1 Corinthians 5.10, Isaiah 33.1. C. Luke 3.14, 1 Thessalonians 4.6. D. Proverbs 11.1, Proverbs 16.11, Ezekiel 45.9-12, Deuteronomy 25.13-16. E. Psalm 15.5, Luke 6.35. F. 1 Corinthians 6.10. G. Proverbs 23, 20 and 21, Proverbs 21, verse 20. Question 111. But what does God require in this commandment? Answer. That I promote the advantage of my neighbor in every instance I can or may, and deal with him as I desire to be dealt with by others, a. Further, also, that I faithfully labor, so that I may be able to relieve the needy, b. A. Matthew 7.12 B. Ephesians 4.28 43 Lord's Day Question 112 What is required in the Ninth Commandment? Answer That I bear false witness against no man, a. Nor falsify any man's words, b. That I be no backbiter, nor slanderer, c that I do not judge, nor join in condemning any man rashly, or unheard, d, but that I avoid all sorts of lies and deceit, as the proper works of the devil, e, unless I would bring down upon me the heavy wrath of God, f. Likewise, that in judgment and all other dealings I love the truth, speak it uprightly, and confess it, g. Also, that I defend and promote, as much as I am able, the honor and good character of my neighbor, H. A. Proverbs 19, 5 and 9. Proverbs 21, 28. B. Psalm 15, 3. Psalm 50, 19 and 20. C. Romans 1, 29 and 30. D. Matthew 7, 1 and 2. Luke 6, 37. E. John 8, 44. F. Proverbs 12, 22. Proverbs 13, 5. G. 1 Corinthians 13, 6, Ephesians 4, 25. H. 1 Peter 4, 8. 44 Lord's Day. Question 113. What does the tenth commandment require of us? Answer. That even the smallest inclination or thought, contrary to any of God's commandments, never rise in our hearts but that at all times we hate all sin with our whole heart, and delight in all righteousness. A. A. Romans 7, 7. Question 114. But can those who are converted to God perfectly keep these commandments? Answer. No, but even the holiest men, while in this life, have only a small beginning of this obedience. A. Yet so that with a sincere resolution they begin to live, not only according to some, but all the commandments of God. B. A. 1 John 1, 8-10, Romans 7, 14 and 15, Ecclesiastes 7, 20, 1 Corinthians 13, 9. B. Romans 7, 22, Psalm 1, 2, James 2, 10. Question 115. Why will God then have the Ten Commandments so strictly preached, since no man in this life can keep them? Answer. First, 
that all our lifetime we may learn more and more to know, a, our sinful nature, and thus become the more earnest in seeking the remission of sin and righteousness in Christ, b, likewise, that we constantly endeavor and pray to God for the grace of the Holy Spirit, that we may become more and more conformable to the image of God, till we arrive at the perfection proposed to us in a life to come, c, a, Romans 3.20, 1 John 1.9, Psalm 32.5. B. Matthew 5.6, Romans 7.24 and 25. C. 1 Corinthians 9.24, Philippians 3.11 through 14. Of Prayer, 45 Lord's Day. Question 116. Why is prayer necessary for Christians? Answer because it is the chief part of thankfulness which God requires of us, a, and also because God will give his grace and Holy Spirit to those only who with sincere desires continually ask them of him and are thankful for them, b, a, Psalm 50, 14 and 15, b, Matthew 7, 7 and 8, Luke 11, 9, 10 and 13, 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. Question 117. What are the requisites of that prayer, which is acceptable to God, and which he will hear? Answer. First, that we from the heart pray, a, to the one true God only, who has manifested himself in his word, b, for all things he has commanded us to ask of him, c. Secondly, that we rightly and thoroughly know our need and misery, d, so that we may deeply humble ourselves in the presence of his divine majesty, e. Thirdly, that we be fully persuaded that he, notwithstanding that we are unworthy of it, will, for the sake of Christ our Lord, certainly hear our prayer, f, as he has promised us in his word, g. a. John 4.24, Psalm 145.18 b. Revelation 19.10 John 4.22-24 C. Romans 8.26 1 John 5.14 James 1.5 D. 2 Chronicles 20.12 E. Psalm 2.11 Psalm 34.19 Isaiah 66.2 F. Romans 10.14 James 1.6 G. John 14.13-14 John 16.23 Daniel 9, 17 and 18. H. Matthew 7, 8, Psalm 27, 8. Question 118. What has God commanded us to ask of Him? Answer. All things necessary for soul and body, A. Which Christ our Lord has comprised in that prayer He Himself has taught us. A. James 1, 17, Matthew 6, 33. Question 119. What are the words of that prayer? A. Answer. Our Father which art in heaven, 1. Hallowed be thy name, 2. Thy kingdom come, 3. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, 4. Give us this day our daily bread, 5. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, 6. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. A. Matthew 6, 9-13, Luke 11, 2-4.
46 Lord's Day. Question 120. Why has Christ commanded us to address God thus, Our Father? Answer. That immediately, in the very beginning of our prayer, he might excite in us a childlike reverence for and confidence in God, which are the foundation of our prayer, namely, that God has become our Father in Christ, and will much less deny us what we ask of him in true faith, than our parents will refuse us earthly things. A. A. Matthew 7, 9-11, Luke 11, 11-13. Question 121. Why is it here added, which art in heaven? Answer. Lest we should form any earthly conceptions of God's heavenly majesty, A, and that we may expect from his almighty power all things necessary for soul and body, B. A. Jeremiah 23, 23 and 24, Acts 17, 24, 25 and 27. B. Romans 10, 12. 47 Lord's Day. Question 122. Which is the first petition? Answer. Hallowed be thy name, that is, grant us first rightly to know thee, A, and to sanctify, glorify, and praise thee, B, in all thy works, in which thy power, wisdom, goodness, justice, mercy, and truth are clearly displayed, and further also, that we may so order and direct our whole lives, our thoughts, words, and actions, that thy name may never be blasphemed, but rather honored and praised on our account. C. A. John 17.3, Jeremiah 9.24, Jeremiah 31, verses 33 and 34, Matthew 16.17, James 1.5, Psalm 119.105. B. Psalm 119.137, Luke 1, 46 and 47, and 68 and 69. Romans 11, 33-36. C. Psalm 71, 8, Psalm 115, 1. 48 Lord's Day. Question 123. Which is the second petition? Answer. Thy kingdom come, that is, rule us so by thy word and spirit, that we may submit ourselves more and more to thee. A preserve and increase thy church, b. destroy the works of the devil, and all violence which would exalt itself against thee, and also all wicked counsels devised against thy holy word, c. till the full perfection of thy kingdom take place, d. therein thou shalt be all in all, e. a. Matthew 6.33, Psalm 119, verse 5, Psalm 143.10, b. Psalm 51, 18, Psalm 122, 6-9. C. 1 John 3, 8, Romans 16, 20. D. Revelation 22, 17 and 20, Romans 8, 22 and 23. E. 1 Corinthians 15, 28. 49, Lord's Day. Question 124. Which is the third petition? Answer. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is, grant that we and all men may renounce our own will, A, and without murmuring obey thy will, which is only good, B, 
that every one may attend to and perform the duties of his station and calling, c, as willingly and faithfully as the angels do in heaven, d. a. Matthew 16.24, Titus 2.11 and 12. b. Luke 22.42, Ephesians 5.10, Romans 12.2. c. 1 Corinthians 7.24. d. Psalm 103.20 and 21. 50 Lord's Day. Question 125. Which is the fourth petition? Answer. Give us this day our daily bread, that is, be pleased to provide us with all things necessary for the body, a, that we may thereby acknowledge thee to be the only fountain of all good, b, and that neither our care nor industry, nor even thy gifts, can profit us without thy blessing, c, and therefore that we may withdraw our trust from all creatures, and place it alone in thee, d. a. Psalm 104, 27 and 28, Psalm 145, 15 and 16, Matthew 6, 25 and 26. b. James 1, 17, Acts 14, 17, Acts 17, 27 and 28. c. 1 Corinthians 15, 58, Deuteronomy 8, 3, Psalm 37, 3 through 5 and 16, Psalm 127, 1 and 2. D. Psalm 55, 23, Psalm 62, 11, Psalm 146, 3, Jeremiah 17, 5 and 7. 51 Lord's Day Question 126. Which is the fifth petition? Answer. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, that is, be pleased for the sake of Christ's blood, not to impute to us poor sinners our transgressions, nor that depravity which always cleaves to us, a, even as we feel this evidence of thy grace in us, that it is our firm resolution from the heart to forgive our neighbor, b, a, Psalm 51, 1-7, through 7, Psalm 143, 2, 1 John 2, 1 and 2, Romans 8, 1, b, Matthew 6, 14 and 15. 52 Lord's Day Question 127. Which is the sixth petition? Answer. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That is, since we are so weak in ourselves that we cannot stand a moment, a, and besides this, since our mortal enemies, the devil, b, the world, c, and our own flesh, d, cease not to assault us, do thou therefore preserve and strengthen us by the power of thy Holy Spirit, that we may not be overcome in this spiritual warfare, e, but constantly and strenuously may resist our foes, till at last we obtain a complete victory, f. a. John 15.5, Psalm 103.14 b. 1 Peter 5.8, Ephesians 6.12 C. John 15.19 D. Romans 7.23, Galatians 5.17 E. Matthew 26.41, Mark 13.33 F. 1 Thessalonians 3.13, 1 Thessalonians 5.23 Question 128. How dost thou conclude thy prayer? Answer. 
For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. That is, all these we ask of thee, because thou, being our King and Almighty, art willing and able to give us all good, eh? And all this we pray for, that thereby not we, but thy holy name be glorified forever, b. a. Romans 10, verses 11 and 12, 2 Peter 2, 9. b. John 14, 13, Jeremiah 33, 8 and 9, Psalm 115, verse 1. Question 129. What does the word Amen signify? Answer. Amen signifies, it shall truly and certainly be, for my prayer is more assuredly heard of God than I feel in my heart that I desire these things of him. A. A. 2 Corinthians one twenty, Second 2 Timothy 2.13 End of section 3 End of the Heidelberg Catechism by Zacharias Ursinus and Caspar Olivianus.